ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Marketing Geeks podcast. I'm going to keep this very short today because this is going to be a different episode than we've done before. Without any further ado, let's just jump into it, shall we? Marketing Geeks. So today, we are bringing back Andro Sturgeon. He's not here to do the intro with me right now, but he will be here for the full interview on the show. And Andros is going to do something a little bit different today. He is going to fill you in on what's going on in his life. So he's had a bit of a crazy ride over the last couple months, over the last year, I guess. And he is going to fill in the details. And we're going to talk a little bit about business and marketing while we do it. Um, but it's uh, it's quite quite a story. So before we get into it, I'm going to pause for our sponsors. So uh, here we go. Thank you again to our sponsors. And now let's get into the interview because Andros came out from the Netherlands to California. Uh, he came for a festival, but he also came by my house and we were able to do an interview in his rented RV and it was uh, it was kind of cool. So let's uh, let's get into it. So here we are, Andros Sturgeon, Justin Womack, the Marketing Geeks, one-on-one, -on -one, the interview. Just a word of warning, the following episode of Marketing Geeks contains some conversation around suicide and death that may be disturbing to some listeners. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Geeks. We are going to do a very special Marketing Geeks uh, today. And the... Uh, real, real special, because we're in a very special location. Yeah, that's right. Right now, uh, we are actually together for the first time, I think, ever. Yeah, and candlelight and everything. Yeah, so we are in. We are inside. <laughs> we're inside my RV. Not my RV. I rented an RV, and so uh, and parked and parked out of my condo. We're parked right outside of my condo in his RV. <laughs> that's right. And so we we uh, we're doing uh, a very special episode of Marketing Geeks because uh, we're going to take a, a slight pause from marketing to uh, tell you the story of what happened to me over the past. Uh, over the past week, uh, week and a half. So, um, and this is just simply a way for, you know, I, I'd like the listeners to get to know me a little bit. And it's, it's cathartic. And it's cathartic because I, I literally, I, I went through, what I went through over the past week is, uh, is, is a ring of fire unlike anything I've ever experienced. And so um, I, in part, I want to relay the story as a way for me to, uh, just have some catharsis around what happened and have like a, a record and it's a way for me to share uh, exactly the scenario of what happened. And to like, to put some gravity on the situation, Andres has not seen Avengers Infinity War. Uh, that's how, that's how yeah. disruptive this stuff was. This is how big it was. In fact, uh, the, the, I've not even had the three hours uh, to sit in the theater and watch this, uh, watch Avengers Infinity War. So, uh, hopefully by the time this airs, we will have remedied that, but, uh, but it, it hasn't been in the cards. And so, um, I don't want to bring anybody down, but, um, uh, but I, I, I want to share what, what happened. 
So, um, uh, basically, uh, Justin has been good enough to continue to uh, post episodes. We recorded a whole bunch of episodes. He's been uh, continuing to post them and edit them. And thank you for that, yes. by the way. And there's one. There's going to be one episode without you. I guess it'll probably air right before this one. Okay, okay. So. That's all right. And so, uh, this is why, I, you know, and, and also, I, I want to give a shout out to anybody who's, like, reached out to me, and I haven't reached out back. It, it, things have been complete chaos. So, um, uh, basically what happened was, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the Wayback machine to, uh, about a, a year ago, two years ago, uh, almost two years ago, I, I left the U S to go to Netherlands. And the reason why I left is because I found it harder and harder for me to hustle here in the States. It was like, you know, because I started my career doing like simple Facebook marketing and Google AdWords and building websites. And it was it was it, it, it was great work for a while until Squarespace and until like <laughs> until auto, I mean until the first level of AI and automation came in and we're not even yeah. close to where it's going right right like, yeah. and and so so you know before when you when you built a website it was like it was like trying to learn Elvish you know <laughs> you just you know trying to like get a get Klingon under your belt you, you it, well, it, it, it reminds me of when we had uh, we had Dave Gerhardt the episode two yeah. episodes ago or whatever and he was just saying like how in 2019 all the stuff that used to be like your business is now just par for the course right that's right. like that's how the, the entry to get into the game now what used to be like amazing like I could build a website I could do a Facebook ad I could do all this now if you can't do that you just aren't even in the game right exactly so, so you got to have that so in fact um uh, I ran into a, uh, a, a, a like a home uh, real estate agent guy, which I will get to in a second because this is kind of important. But um, he that was like part of his thing. Like I know Facebook marketing, right? So you got you got to if you're yeah. going to be doing this stuff. So uh, excuse me, I'm just going to open up a little uh, soda, <sighs> a little drink. <sighs> so um, so this story goes back two years ago when I when I first left um, for the Netherlands. And, um, you know, in part, um, it's, it's, uh, no secret that I have slight disagreements with my more conservative friends about the current state of politics. And, um, you know, I also, I have a, a small child and I didn't want him growing up in American schools where the education is, um, subpar on some level. And also, I didn't want him having to worry about uh, going through safety drills in school in case there's an active shooter, right? Um, you know, hey, everybody, we're going to play the quiet game now. I'm going to lock the door. Everyone sit and be quiet. Yeah, I can't it, believe that's a thing now. But yeah. it, 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 not only is it a thing, in some schools, they're actually like shooting blanks to get kids kind of used to this. Idea. I knew they were doing the drills. I didn't know what level. Oh, it's 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 insanity. It's insanity. So. So uh, after after the election, I was just like, I'm out. So I landed uh, in the Netherlands, and because of Brexit, uh, a lot of companies are leaving uh, the uh, European uh, the UK, the UK, and going to the Netherlands. And so there is more work than people know what to do with. So I I I wasn't worried about it when I landed there. I looked on LinkedIn, I saw how much work there was, and you know because I don't speak fluent Dutch, I lost a lot of opportunities. But a lot of these companies, they wanted to. Um, uh, they, they, they want to market to like America. And so, um, I have a very specific skill set, and it works for a lot of people. And so I was able to find work without too much. Problem. And they're a little, they're more early in the game. I mean, American yeah. digital marketing is, is steps ahead of Dutch digital marketing. Oh my I, God. I take it. I mean, I, I haven't experienced it cause I haven't been out there yet, but yeah, it's like with a lot of other countries, like Australia right now is 
kind of like in it's like going back to America 2014 digital marketing is like Australia yeah. right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> and you know part of the part of the issue is also is that because they the Dutch are very practical people. I mean they are very 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 practical people. And uh because they're practical people, they are still like the, the people who are doing marketing out there, uh they are actually uh very um uh, their 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 way of doing it is sim- is really by the book. You know, it's like um, yeah, it's like uh, you know the Google AdWords, and they have to be done a certain way. And you know, it, we talk about this so much on the show where uh, you have to be a bit more uh, flexible and <laughs> think outside the box. Well, you if you, otherwise, you're just going to be doing what everyone else is doing. That's and then right. You, you mean you either are the best at what everybody's doing. Or if you're not, you're screwed. Unless you're thinking outside the box, then you can create your own you know, yeah. niche. You can create your own strategy. And and the thing is, is that because something that works today won't maybe won't work in six months, uh, you know, or there's a new platform yeah. that that pops up. It pretty much is a won't. It pretty much won't work. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so so uh, a lot of the firms that I was uh, I, I I like I would go to a company and they would say, well, we were dealing with this firm and they were doing this and that. And I would look at them and I'd be like, that doesn't work anymore. And this doesn't, have you tried this? Have you even thought of a podcast or something? And, you know, I would, I would blow people's minds. And so it was no problem getting work out there, none. So I wasn't worried about like the work situation, but um, I was married and uh, there were two children from a previous marriage and that, that started to decay fairly rapidly, that situation. And uh, I have a child with, uh, with my, my ex and uh so by by the end of the year uh i i was looking at becoming separated and trying to figure out like you know the relationship how that was going to navigate with the kid and being in a foreign country because you know as a as a married person to a dutch national which she was uh, i was allowed to have dual citizenship my son has dual citizenship it was uh so there was a, a bit of an issue there um, but, you know, again, I could find a company to sponsor me. So I wasn't I wasn't worried about it. And I'm the type of person where if if I see a problem, I just simply solve it. I don't focus on like the things that can go wrong. I focus on how to solve issues. And and it's just it's kind of a superpower that allows me to like overcome nearly everything. <laughs> but what came <laughs> next was like unreal, shocking. was shocking. Uh, I'm going to tell you five things and the fourth thing will shock you. Um, so the first thing that happened was I, I I was kind of single. And so I decided I'm going to try this Tinder thing, right? So I got on Tinder. And so what, what is Tinder for our listeners? K- Tinder is... Uh, is <laughs> How would you define it? I would just find it as gamified... Boinking. Okay. To like put that. it mildly. Yeah. Gamified boinking. If 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 you uh and and uh the thing about <laughs> the gamification. The, yeah, the game it of, it's not even dating, it's just no, the gamification of boinking. Of boinking. <laughs> That's all it is, really. I mean yeah. it's just all it is. Now uh because I was in the Netherlands, right? Uh, I first of all, I had some killer shots, right? And the some sec- killer headshots. Some killer headshots. That's uh, right, because you used to be an actor. I used to be an actor, but um, actually, my this is the ironic thing. My ex-wife 
uh, was a photographer, and she took some of the best photos of me ever. And then you just use those, right? <laughs> so, uh, well, you get your TEDx photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and I, I was able to like link my TEDx talk. Yeah. I put a picture of me <laughs> doing TEDx. So the thing is, is that is that like wants to date a TEDx speaker? Come on, right. well, <laughs> so, celebrity. Well, well, here's here's the funny. And then you put a, a photo of you and John Paul DeGioia, and you playing him, uh, the young John Paul. That's right. I was in yeah. a movie. So anyway, but Come here's on. here's the thing. Uh, what I found was because you know I'm no spring chicken. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm 49, but, uh, so I put like, you know, I didn't want to date like super young women because that's just creepy. Uh, but there's a lot of women out in the Netherlands who were, uh, who had been in these long marriages and then they finally, just, and the stories were pretty much the same. The guys were boring. They ended up just drinking a lot and then like just sleeping on the couch. And eventually these women just kicked them out. Right. And these women are like, all of a sudden they're single again. They still got some youth and beauty in them and like Dutch women are uh, freaking gorgeous and smart and Tinder, right? So, uh, and then they're looking for something different. And all the guys on Tinder in the Netherlands are all... Uh, all the guys that got kicked out of the couch? All the guys that got kicked out, right. <laughs> so and they don't take good photos. They're like, they're like kind of overweight and they're like, you know, holding like a glass of wine Here's in a their picture hand. of me sleeping on the couch with a bottle of vodka. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So, uh, needless to say, I was very popular on Tinder. And uh, I had a few months where things were uh, a little outrageous for me. Uh, just a little let's just say uh they were outrageous um anyway but i i i met this one woman uh who was really awesome and uh she and i we you know i'm a music snob we started sharing music that's right yeah yeah and uh on spotify right spotify and but but also she was like she had this really killer job. She was head of HR of this global company and really just a smart person. Like I could talk to her about marketing. I mean, like, like and she was like interested. She had ideas and, uh, and, and she just was like, she was just, she's just amazing. Right. And, uh, we had so much in common. Uh, and she, uh, you know, she liked to, to party her face off, uh, occasionally <laughs> in the ways that I do not, not like extreme, but you know, it, she had that combination of being like fun and she liked to dance and, and she's supportive. I mean, she's even been on the show. She's, so a, she, she's even been on the show. She's been on the show. She she was the first, uh, donor to the show. That's right. She was. And, and I, I got all excited because yeah. like, Oh my God, we got a donor. And then it's like, Oh, no, sorry. Oh, but, but, <laughs> but she actually listens to every episode and she's like, gives me feedback. Like, Oh, that episode was so great. And, uh, no, and unlike you, who doesn't listen to any episodes, I don't listen to any episodes. I can't stand the sound of my own voice, you know. Um, anyway, so uh, uh, so we we kind of got together, and a few months later, I moved in with her, and uh, my son loved her immediately. In fact, uh, just a few weeks ago, he was like, "Dada, you need to get Iris a ring," and, <laughs> so, and yeah, so he's sweet. like, "Dada." Iris and you are going to be together forever. And it, it was like, it was like the second he walked into the house, he was like, okay, I'm here. And there was, he never once was like, when, you know, are you and mama going to get back together? Like none of that. Like he never even asked that once. He was just so comfortable in the house. And uh, so now I'm living in this cool little town in the Netherlands. Uh, her friends are awesome. They're all like super high powered, like doing awesome things. And like, so we started hanging out with them and they accepted me and I was just like, wow. And then I got a job uh, and then I was doing like just, you know, marketing stuff. We started recording the show, the show started taking off a little bit. Um, and then I ended up uh, uh, losing like the main gig I had. I went to Burning Man. 
Uh, actually, I knew I was going to lose it because they had That's this, right, yeah. yeah. They had the CEO who was just a jerk face, um, and he wasn't listening to anything I had to tell him. Uh, probably not listening to the show then. <laughs> no, he's probably not listening to the show. Uh, and uh, and then I uh, I went to Burning Man, came back, uh, and and I, when I came back and once I moved in with with uh, with my lady, I was kind of like, oh, I was at that point where I was like okay, I'm in a safe place, but I don't know how long I'm going to be here, right? Uh, and every house I've ever been in, there's a part of me that's kind of like, well, this is cool. I wonder how long this is going to last. Same thing with like relationships. I, even when I got married, I was like, well, we're having a fun party at the oh, marriage. But nice. Yeah, it's kind of fun, but I wonder how long this is going to really last, right? Um, but, uh, but she and I just started getting closer and closer. I lost my job. And I was immediately like, well, I can either really start, you know, digging into my business again or kind of look for another job, which is probably better so I can get like residency. Um, can I just say it's yeah. like it's a good thing that you are like you must be like one of the best LinkedIn job seeking people on the planet. <laughs> no, seriously, man. You I are, mean, how many jobs you got like four different jobs within like a year using LinkedIn? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I like honestly, it was. It was. I, on the other hand, just don't want to get the job. <laughs> I don't want to work for anyone. Yeah, I, and uh, I'm with you. I mean, there was a well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was a. There, I did get a few gigs because I would apply for a job and then go through. And, and what you're doing too is you're doing. You're pretty much being subcontracted. You're not. Yeah. Like, you're not like directly employed necessarily. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like all of these companies, what they're doing is they're actually uh, hiring my company. So I'm still technically I am running my own business, but I have one client, yeah. which is far better than like you know trying to like juggle. I, I just. It's better for me to focus on one client at a time. Um, it's, it's not necessarily healthy for the business, but it's uh, from a profitability standpoint. While you maintain that client, you're going to do very well. So, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and it's stable, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, so I, 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 they, they stopped my contract with the, the one company, uh, and then I got a job with a uh, with uh, another company, with a cosmetics company. And I, I worked there for three weeks, and then they uh, they basically let me go. And the reason they let me go is because I told the guy that he was insane to not do market research for his product. And he's like, "Well, we." And I asked him, like, like how how many people are buying your product, and like who are who's buying it? Do you know the target market? Well, we just know that it's in these stores, but. Hmm. No, and and his his reasoning for not doing market research was that because uh, I said, look, just put a piece of paper in there that says it's good for one free cosmetic thing, if, if somebody if somebody like fills out a survey. And his reasoning is like, well, when I go to a hotel, I get surveys all the time, and I never fill those out. It's like, but that's you. <laughs> yeah, that's you. Like we get ten people to just give us a little bit of market research. You know what you're doing. And you say at a hotel, they don't give you much of an incentive, too. Yeah. Like, if you actually give them an incentive, like here, have a free product or whatever you for can for a get. product that yeah. you're already or, buying or, or a coupon. Yeah. Yeah, but he just and, and like one of the <clears> things that I tried to tell him is I, I was like, do you know how old the average person is that buys your product? Well, no. So you don't even know if if like the Instagram campaigns that you're running are any good. Yeah. You don't know, right? And and you don't know if, uh, for instance like he didn't even realize that the directions for the pack were in small tiny print and i was like do you know that some of your like main older clients audience? are older yeah, audiences they need big font. and yeah. they need big font did you even understand that how many people are like that he, and so anyway we we had a little back and forth and he just 
what he wanted was he wanted someone to just say yes to him mm-hmm. and get him results, which is like... The, well, I mean, there's a, that's a two different things there. Yeah. Saying yes and getting results are two different things. <laughs> exactly. Sounds like he wants someone to say yes. Right. And, yeah. and you know, I wasn't... I'm, I'm not the type... I'm not going to sugarcoat anything with anybody. I'm going to be honest with them. Well, you you're know. better off not. If you if you do sugarcoat it, it's going to backfire in the, in the end anyway. Yeah. And every time, every time I've tried to say yes to somebody, uh, you know, with any client, and I'm just like... Yeah, I think I can make this work. I mean, I had to tell a client the other day. I, I they, they, yeah. they. I set up a campaign for them, and it was like this really niche campaign for this niche piece of software in like Belgium and the Netherlands, and and for people who run like uh, fl- it's like a fleet software company, and so the 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 leads were barely coming in, and they were like, "Can you make this go faster?" And I'm like. Look, I can only like. I'm, I can, Are you gonna put more money into it? Well, I can, no, but I, I actually told them. I said, "Don't." There's no point on spending a ton of money on this because you will get more views, but it's not going to necessarily mean more results, and it's not going to mean more results because the, you're, you're talking about this tiny, tiny, tiny niche. And I finally told them. I said, "The best thing you can do is get on LinkedIn and start making personal contact with people." That's yeah. the, that's that's the best for a very niche like that. You could probably go. I mean, if you're going long run, you could probably do a podcast too as a uh, as a long run strategy, not yeah. a short run strategy. If you want instant results, though, yeah, it's 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 either cold email or it's LinkedIn. That's it. That's and, it. And you should listen to that episode we did with Alex Berman, where he, we yeah. talked about like. Um, high strategy or high end strategies for contacting enterprise level companies with cold marketing, right? Because that's way better than what most people do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so, so uh, anyway, I, I uh, it, it was the end of the year last year, and uh, so uh, my lady had Iris had been um, she was working at this company. She, she has like fifteen hundred people underneath her. She's like you know, global HR, super like getting things done. And, uh, and, uh, I was, I was kind of running out of money and I was at the point where I was like, well, I could start the machine up and do like just making calls and like finding more business the grind, the grind, which is fine. I can do that. But it was the end of the year, right? It was November is coming in December. Like the budgets are used up. Yeah, no I mean, the grind is rough in, in the oh holiday God, months. It's, it's <laughs> the holiday months are the rough ones. It's the worst. So, so, uh, I was, I was kind of stuck. And, uh, then, uh, out of the blue, I get a call, uh, and, uh, the current company I'm working for said, uh, Hey, we want to do an interview. And I did an interview and they liked what I offered. And so, uh, I got a job offer to start after the first year. So that was settled. And, uh, I was like happy about that. Cause now I've got, uh, alimony payments, <laughs> you know, as well as child support, which is fine. Uh, totally worth it. Uh, my son's mother is really, she's a sweet, sweet, sweet lady and a great mom. So it just wasn't a match for us. But, uh, and to her credit, to my ex's credit, she really, really liked, uh, Iris. She really liked her. So, uh, probably likes her better than, than she likes me. Um, so, <laughs> so, uh, so I, I was, I was like, okay, so that's settled. And meanwhile, uh, Iris's, uh, ex 
decides to come over and meet me. And this was like a big deal. They had been divorced for about a year before she and yeah. I started dating. It's a pretty big deal. It's a big deal. And, and so he wanted... Well, they had been married for a long time. They've too. been married for 23 years. Yeah, well, okay. So that's yeah. not just an ex. It's like a... No, it's, life, a, it's like a lifetime partner. Yeah, it's a lifetime yeah. partner. So so they were and they were still kind of on good terms and you know just yeah. kind of feeling each other out. But the guy the, the guy had been he had a series of losses. He had like in the course of a few months his dad died, uh, his best friend died. Uh, he had some major health issues. He was a teacher and he didn't want to go back to school. He was like dreading the idea of going back to school. And the guy unfortunately was a bit of an addict. He he so. He was the guy on the couch every night. Drinking, you know, <laughs> teacher. We say a teacher going back to school, like going back to teach. Yeah, going back okay. to teach. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. He was teaching philosophy. And oh, so, who doesn't like philosophy, though? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, he he came over and we met and 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 she told me like several times like you'd really like this guy and you know he's he's really cool and we actually we actually kind of joked a little bit he wanted me to actually come into his class and teach and oh, that's uh, cool yeah do like a like a seminar on like like you know the philosophy of marketing and I kind of pitched an idea to him and he really liked it and he's like yeah when I get back that'd be great and uh, you know the marketing geeks do that for anyone listening to the show that's so if right you, if you happen to be a college professor I mean you could book us we will we will do a virtual class on, or you can fly us in yeah even better yeah <laughs> so <laughs> So we, uh, uh, so the, then there was New Year's and we like, I was like, okay, new beginnings. I get to start this job. I get to, I get to like really like kind of get myself settled, like finally. Right. Cause like everything had been so topsy turvy and, and I was kind of like ready for a new beginning. And then uh, a few weeks later, uh, two in the morning, there's a knock at the door, and I, 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 I or the, the doorbell's ringing, and I, I, I wake up and I'm with Eris, and I uh, never good, of, never a good thing at two a.m. Oh, a two a.m. You know, a two a.m. doorbell ring is like or a phone call even. Yeah, I mean, it's not ammo. It's like yeah, yeah. It's, it's nothing good can come from that. So, uh, so at first I feel like I'm dreaming. I wake up, Eris. I'm like, Did the doorbell's just ringing, and then I think, I think. Nah, like I must have been dreaming that. Then it rings again, and uh, Iris puts on a robe. I'm still looking for my pants, and I, I come down the stairs, and there's three people I've never met in the living room. And Iris looks up at me, and she said, and they killed himself. And we we were like everyone was in shock you know yeah. and and in in actuality the guy had been depressed and we had i had this i had this really interesting moment with him when he came to visit me and i walked him out and i knew he'd been through all this stuff and i i looked at him and i said uh how are you doing and he he just looked back to me and he goes not good hmm. and he was honest he was honest about it and you know he he was a big fan of Nietzsche, and I think Nietzsche killed himself. And he, he was like he, he he didn't value. He felt like everything in life could be settled with philosophy, and with Nietzsche, and it was so depressing. And and uh, and I, I really wanted to like reach out to the guy somehow, and I I wasn't sure how. And and so you know, and and this is just like a thing where where you know. We've seen this all the time, but honestly, if you think that someone needs help, yeah, like reach out to them. The human connection is like you it know, won't hurt. I mean, even actually, even if 
they might react negatively, mm. but in the long run, you're gonna you'll clean you'll take care of your side of the street kind of thing. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, like we're we're social animals, and yeah. and so so. It, but but the thing is that nobody was surprised, and and then I think like well, well I'm sure nobody's know. shocked, but I'm sure surprised. Though. Well, yeah. yeah, but it's it's kind of like you, there's also this thing about like well, at what point do you have to like let someone live their own life, and it's if they want to choose that way out. You know, so the thing is, is that he uh, um, he shot himself. And when I when I've told people this in the Netherlands, the first question is, how did he get a gun? You know, he had he had an illegal gun, which is like not even something that would have crossed my mind here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the question. Like, how did he get a gun? So uh, so he 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 uh, he did it. And so Iris had to go over to his house and it was it was a mess. And he put he at one point he shot his television and there's the couch, and the, the and he took the couch that he had been sleeping on, right? Because the same story, like he drink himself, doing a lot of drugs. Uh, he he took her couch, and she didn't want it anymore, and put it in his uh, in in his uh, living room of his like he bought a little like apartment. And there's like the blood splatter where like he did it, and she had to like go through his stuff and clean out his apartment. And then the relatives are showing up and they're like, want, they're like arguing over little tiny things. It's like, you know, well, I want this. I want that. And figuring, trying to figure out if there's any money in the account. And it, and she just basically was like, here's the keys. Goodbye. Right. I mean, she took care of what she needed to take care of. But but, uh, you know, the guy had basically he was after they had uh, broken up, they she he was in the process of just. You know, like he he just kind of went on a spiral. It was it was it was really screwed up. It was really screwed up, and he didn't want to get help. That was the other thing. Like he refused to get help. He felt that it was a sign of weakness. So not uncommon. Not uncommon. And so anyway, that happened. Uh, and and yeah, some heavy stuff, man. Oh well, well then, right? So so then we were we were uh, finally. I was like, okay, this is behind us. Like, and, and we realized that he had actually come to visit to check me out, to make sure that Iris was going to be okay. That was why he came to visit. We, we, we put it all together. And it was like, the only reason he wanted to meet me was to just go, okay, she's good. They yeah, didn't have so any he's kids. Like, he's kind of in that phase where he's giving all his stuff away. You know, he's checking to make sure she's going to be okay. And right. That kind of thing. Yeah. The yeah. And end, end phase. Yeah, exactly. And so, so and they didn't well, have How kids. long was it? What was the gap between the visit and, and the... Two months. Two months. Two okay. months. Yeah. So, uh... So then, uh, so on, uh, on April 8th, uh, my mother, uh, calls me now, let me preface this. Okay. Uh, because I, I need to tell a, a kind of a side story about my mother. Your mom is working at Amazon, right? Well, she wasn't just working at Amazon. My mother was a pretty remarkable person and, uh, going, going back to, uh, when she she ran away from home when she was thirteen, she like followed rock stars around. She became a like a like a, a daredevil airline. She was like flying like strapped to a <laughs> the wing of an airplane doing stunts, and then she became a rock journalist. And she went to England in 1964. Um, and the reason why she went to England is because she had heard about this band, uh, this British band. And uh, she realized they were going to be the next big thing. So she was the first person ever to write about the Beatles 
ever. Now, was it and, the original Beatles back then, or did they have like some of the the old ba- that band members that weren't even part of the? No, final... Pete Best wasn't. Well, he was already. It was like the. the, okay. the it was the Beatles. Yeah. yeah, and and you know when they were starting to get big, but no one really thought how big they were going to be until they hit the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. So she was writing for a teen magazine, and she like convinced her boss like stop whatever you're doing we need to make a beatles magazine about the beatles and it hit the day the ed sullivan show came on with the beatles and it sold out in one day right and that was unheard of at that time it was unheard of and so she went to england to start covering the british invasion and she became friends with david bowie and she she was like she she lived with like the this guy who was a guitarist for yes and she knew like some of the pink floyd people she knew like Everybody, right? And so she started. Uh, she started getting a pretty good reputation for herself, and then she uh, started pen palling with this science fiction writer, and uh, she, who Theodore Sturgeon, who is my father, right? So I've heard his work is pretty average. It's it's mediocre. <laughs> um, so so uh, they started they started writing uh, back and forth, and so uh, they became uh, kind of really close, just writing to each other. And uh, finally, he was like he he was in the middle of a divorce, and so he left. Was that... pen paling like the Tinder of then? Basically, it just yeah. took a lot longer. <laughs> um, so finally, uh, he came out to L.A. because he was getting a divorce, and he he his writing was slowing down, and he got a job working for uh, a television show, and it was the only gig he can get, and he got eight hundred bucks to write a script for this cheesy TV show called Star Trek. So, <laughs> so she shows up, and uh, and so uh, next thing you know, she's like, like, like the, the cast from Star Trek is like hanging out with them, and uh, and she gets pregnant. And uh, the way she tells it, she tells a story. And everyone blamed Shatner. And it was all, yeah, Shatner's fault. Um, (laughs) But she tells a story about how she's at this Star Trek party. And the first time she ever felt me move in her, uh, in utero, was uh, she's at this Star Trek party. And she goes outside in the Hollywood Hills. And she's looking at the sky. And Leonard Nimoy comes out. And he asks if she's okay. And she just says, my baby just moved. And he puts his hands on her belly. And goes back in and one by one the cast from Star Trek comes out and like touches her belly. <laughs> that you know my mother couldn't cool. yeah my mother couldn't do anything like normal. Like that's that's how she that's how she did it. As and long my, as she didn't do the Vulcan death grip to you while you're in the womb. Yeah that would have sucked. Yeah. Maybe he did maybe that's why I ended <laughs> yeah. up the way I ended up. So so then um uh then uh she befriends uh uh Peter Tork of the monkeys. His wife is pregnant uh, at the same time that she's pregnant and she befriends Mama Cass from the Mamas and Papas. And, and, uh, at my birth, uh, Peter Tork and Mama Cass are, are in the room, right? Are they performing? Uh, well, actually what happens, she says that, that the baby, the, the, my dad's running back and forth and, uh, the doctor says the baby is having some issues and they, then I stop breathing. Right. Oh, wow. And so, so Peter Tork and Mama Cass start singing and chanting in the room, and they, they chant louder and louder, and I start breathing, right? <laughs> I don't remember any of this. This is all secondhand. But, the, you know, the, this, my mother was telling me this. So, anyway, I am born into this world. And I remember Peter Tork. He, he used to come over, and uh, I used to play with his daughter. Uh, and so... Uh, and then we would have like, like, like science fiction people come over and my mom, my mom, like her career started taking off. She was like, she went on the Johnny Carson show and 
taught him how to make bread and she was started to do she won a couple of Emmys and she was on the radio and she was on TV. And so uh, her career started taking off. One of the highlights of my life at the time. Uh, remember the well, you probably don't see him, but the six million dollar man, right? Was like the yeah, show. I was born in 1983. Just remember that. <laughs> well, okay. So in 1977, 1978, the the the, the show du jour was the Six Million Dollar Man. All right. And she got a small part on that. And I remember she introduced me to Lee Majors. And I walked up, and it was like, "There's the guy. He's like the biggest star on TV." Right? I mean, I'm familiar with the show. I, I'm not. I'm familiar with the, more of like the story of the show. I've never even watched the Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, it's cheesy as hell. But you know what? Yeah. It's like the thing is that when there's only like five channels. Yeah, there were, there weren't a lot of shows. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> like <laughs> like like you know Tuesday night or whatever it was. That's the show that like people. Three, it was like yeah, it was like three networks for a long time, and then maybe five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that. That was yeah, it. Even you when know? I was growing up, there was like ten channels. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, yeah. even you know the at, at at midnight the the TV just stopped. You just turn on. There's just like a, a until a Billy pattern. Mays showed up. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, they realized Billy, Billy Mays took it over and Tony Robbins. <laughs> yeah. So so um. So uh, there, there, you know, I had this really colorful childhood. Like science fiction writers would come over and party, and uh, my so yeah, like rock stars and science fiction author, uh, yeah. authors coming over. That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was like, it, it was, it was. I'm sure you didn't quite understand the gravity of what was going on. Oh back my, then, well, but, you yeah. know, I, I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you, there was, there was. I realized that there was something different happening because I would go to school and. Uh, not everybody had, you know, George Takai didn't come over to their house, <laughs> you know? So, so, uh, you know, or science, or I go to science fiction uh, conventions and people would line up to get my dad's autograph and my mom would be out and somebody would be like, oh, are you Weena Sturgeon? You know, she was on the news. So it was, it was really, it, 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 it was a weird time. And we'll have George Takai on the show if he wants to, if he's listening, he probably is. Yeah, know? of course. Cause you know, George Takai needs to know how to market. Yes. You know? Let's, let's get um, you on here. You're a Pretty good on Twitter, George, but yeah. you can be better. <laughs> so, so I, uh, it, it was a very unusual childhood, and uh, my mother's star was rising, my dad's star was falling, and uh, and she, but she was also a very, on some level, very difficult person, and she would get into arguments with bosses, and after a while, she kind of lost favor. People, people just the crazy was a little bit harder yeah. to deal with than, you know, she was just, she was a colorful person, but she would all, she was a fighter and sometimes she would find fights where there were none, you know? So it, it was, but, but it was, it was difficult to be in a relationship with her. And then in around 1996, uh, I stopped talking to her. I couldn't, I couldn't handle the relationship uh, anymore. It was, it was getting too, um, uh, it was just getting too intense. I mean, from the standpoint of, uh, of like just just where the relationship was because she she was a bit nuts and she she after a while I just had to like back off so yeah for twenty years we didn't talk and she moved to Utah and uh, I didn't really hear too much from her and uh, that that was sad so uh, now, when she moved to Utah did she I'm just curious did she convert to like Mormonism, Mormonism? Yes, she converted. She converted. I, I, to, everyone that goes to Utah tends to happen eventually. Yeah, and I, I, and she was never like a spiritual person, so I was, I was kind of like, why? Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying anything negative because every Mormon I've ever met has been an amazing person, so nothing, nothing there. But I'm just, yeah, just bringing it up that that tends to happen. Yeah, yeah, and I, I but I, my, my, I, I really, I didn't know why. I yeah. didn't know why. Um, so uh, I, I had. Then my ex got pregnant, right? 
And, uh, and I was thinking about it and I didn't want to be that guy who was like, you're never going to speak to your grandchildren ever. Like that would just be a dick thing to do. Yeah. So I, uh, I wrote to her and I was like, Hey, uh, you're going to be a grandmother. And she wrote back and she's like, well, Andros, what kind of grandmother do you want me to be? And I'm like, I don't know. What kind of grandmother do you want to be? <laughs> and so, so I, I basically gave her like a second chance and she, came out and she she actually started the same kind of bullshit that she was doing before and i just i I just kind of was frank with her and i was like look this is your second chance let's not do it this way okay let's just be different and so our relationship actually got really good in the last five years uh it was actually really great and so so uh cut to i finally have a good job and i decide you know what i she's getting, she's getting older. And, and here's the other thing about two years ago. So I get married. Uh, and, uh, as soon as she gets back, she has this lump in her face and she gets it uh, operated on. And, uh, when the, when the, when they cut the lump out, they sever a nerve in her face. So she looks like she has a stroke and she's very, she was a very vain person. So that kind of messed her up a little bit. She was also an avid skier, right? So uh, she goes in for a checkup, breast cancer, right? Like a few weeks later, she has breast cancer. So they, they she has to go through chemo and like all this stuff. And and she she's like, and, and so I'm talking to her while this is happening. And, and she tells me that she's still biking. She's a very active person that she's biking. She's like during, rollerblading. During chemo? During chemo. And then she calls me and she's like, like a few weeks later, like and this, her hair is gone, right? Yeah, her hair yeah. is gone. And she says, uh, I broke my femur. I'm like, how the heck did you break your femur? Rollerblading. I'm like, well, you're doing chemo. Why are you? She goes, well, I, I, mean, I, yeah. I need to stay in shape for ski season. I'm like, for ski season, you have breast cancer it's insane but i also get that like you know that's your life you don't you don't know i mean like if i don't stay in shape then maybe i'll never be able to do it again so yeah i kind of get it but yeah but the woman's like 76 yeah right? i know it's, so, it's crazy yeah, yeah and and so and she's still writing meanwhile she's like still writing her articles and doing all this stuff so uh anyway i i uh i i i'm gonna fly her out right so this summer uh, I want her to meet Iris. Uh, we're going to like, we're going to, we're going to like, Iris and I are going to do a commitment ceremony because like, we're very serious about each other. And I tell her like, listen, I want you to come out. And, you know, and she's like, really happy about it. She's like ecstatic that I'm going to fly her out and pay for the trip and the whole bit. And so, uh, so uh, then she calls me on the 8th and she says, I may have to postpone the trip because I found two more lumps. And the, the type of breast cancer that she has... And this is April 8th? Yeah. And the type of breast cancer that she has is super aggressive. In fact, she... Oh, yeah. And then she had a vasectomy or a, a mastectomy. She had to get her boobies cut off, which is like really... You know, it's hard for a woman. It's like, yeah. that's a hard thing. So, uh, so... But I'm like, I don't know how long she's going to be around. I'm going to fly her out. But she knew that I was like happy with my job. I was in this great relationship. I was obviously happy. She has this amazing grandson. I didn't turn out to be a total, you know, F up, you know. So uh, so April 8th comes and she says, I have an appointment this Friday. So I call her a few days later. And I'm like, how's it going? She didn't call me back. So I call her back again. Didn't call me back. And that's not uncommon. So I, uh, I called, uh, I, I wrote her an email and she didn't respond. And that was when I knew something was up. So on Easter, 
I I decide I'm I've got to I've got to find out what's going on. So I I do a welfare check and I call the police, the local police. I'm like, can you go run around? Because Easter morning she had to have been home. She and she yeah. yeah. So so they call me back about a half hour later and they're like, I'm sorry, we found your mother on the on the kitchen floor. So I, I was like, I I was in shock. I didn't know what to do, and so I had to cancel everything. And uh, I got a plane ticket over to Utah. And uh, as soon as I land there, uh, the, the, the members of her ward like show up and they're just like, what can we do to help? And this was the, this was the really amazing thing about it was that uh, she had, she was really part of this community. Right. And she was just like, like people would come up and be like, Oh, your mom took my kids skiing for the first time. Oh, your we used to have your mom over for Thanksgiving. Oh, your mom, you know, was like, we, she used to ride her bike around. She, I, I would go mountain biking with her and she was really part of this community. It was, it was, it was wild. And, and, uh, and she and you would never, you never would have known otherwise. Yeah. No, no. So, so, so I get there. Right. And, and, uh, if there's kids at home listening, please skip forward on this part. But what happened was uh, I, I, I crawled in her window and I thought she died in her bed. But no, she had died on her kitchen floor and she had been there for like a week. And so they luckily they had moved the body and everything. But there was like an outline of where she was like decomposing, essentially. And uh, the cop later told me that they found her favorite dog had died right next to her and there was food there. It wasn't like he'd starved to death or anything. Literally he died right next to her when, when, and, and that was, he, and the cop said like, I've never seen anything like that, like ever. So that was, that was a, and and she had this other dog that was locked in the bathroom because what she, she had this crazy dog that she would lock in the bathroom when she would go to sleep and keep in there. And uh, the other dog would just walk around and the other dog was fine. Right. And, uh, and he had food or she, what's that? The dog, that dog had food. That dog had food and water. And the other dog had food and water too. But, um, it, it, yeah, it just, just kind died, of, of, died of a broken, broken heart. heart. Yeah. Now, uh, so the other thing is um, at 76, my mom was also a hoarder, unfortunately. And there was like thick layers of dust on stuff that hadn't been cleared in 20 years. She had 20 pairs of skis. She had like two VCRs. She had like tons of videotapes. Didn't get rid of anything. Right. And so I, I walk in there and at some point she also stopped letting the dogs out. So it, it's like crawling in through a window and there is this smell of like mm. death and dog shit. It was mm, urine. <laughs> and urine and, and there was a cat box in the basement that had never been cleaned. It was filled to the brim and, and dust everywhere. And it was toxic. And I mean, that's one of the reasons that she, uh, she probably got sick, to be honest with you. And so, uh, and her walker still had like, like she fell over on her walker. And I, uh, uh, and one of the worst things I ever had to do was I had to clean that spot up it, before I let anyone in the house. And so I had to like buy, I bought some like cleaning equipment and I went in there and I scrubbed it and I didn't want it to look like there was like an outline of a dead body there. Yeah. And and so that was intense. That was intense, man. That was like, uh, that was honestly one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. And, um, and so Iris, God bless her. She was like, so awesome. She had just, you know, two months ago, we just cleaned out her husband's, uh, her husband's ex-husband's like apartment, same thing. And now we're doing it in my mom's uh, room. 
uh, we, we, and at first we're like, we're going to go room to room and start cleaning stuff out. We start with one room. And after one day, we're like, this is never going to end. We're, we're going to be here for a month. So, um, so the, the people from the LDS church that stands for Latter-day Saints, they showed up and they just kind of stepped in and took over. And the bishop's wife, this woman was, a, she was amazing. She had, she had so, shoulder surgery. She could only use one arm and she's like delegating people. You do this, you do this. And like picking up furniture with one hand. It's like unbelievable. Like, um, you know, uh, so, so in, in, and then we just called uh, this great service, 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And these two young guys came over and they just like started clearing everything out. And then they had to bring more people out. Five dump trucks, five wow. dump trunks worth of stuff. And these guys just cleared it out over the... Are these are dump trucks or box trucks? Uh, like, like, they like the closed box trucks? Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. I gave all of her furniture away. I like put together a memorial for her. And in one week we had the house cleared out. And, uh, you know, but here's the thing that sucks is that we found all of her bills. And even though she was on Medicare and Medicaid, she still owed $18,000. She had no way of paying that. None. None. So I think it's like part of it was like the stress of like having to deal with like these huge bills. And she had bill collectors like calling her all the time. And definitely doesn't help. No, no, no. And and uh, and if the cancer came back and I think it's just like it was like this moment for her where it was like, well, my son is fine. My grandson is awesome. I'm going to, I, I'm happy. I, I, he's, he's good. I'm, he wants me to come out. Uh, but this cancer's coming back and, uh, I did everything I could do in this life. And I think she just took that moment to make her grand exit. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, Iris and I were just, you know, we have, we, we've been through it. Like, Three jobs, like <laughs> three places to live, living in another country, like like we've been together for like a year. We've been together like for it, a year, but it's been like you lived through like lifetimes of stress and yeah. like problems and yeah. So we're not, pro- you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and no, it was, it, but but we yeah. went through it all. We like it just got us closer. So I was like, really, at the end of it, I'm just like, oh, this woman, like I can't not be with this woman. Plus, she's a fan of the show. Yeah. <laughs> One of the few. Right. She legitimately listens to every single episode. So I, and she donates. And she donates. <laughs> she donates, too. So I, I, uh, I, was, uh, I, was really, um, uh, I was really impressed with her and the way that she just, like, helped me go through my mom's stuff and helped organize with the church and everything together. And the, the LDS church, man... Those guys, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about them. Like, I have so much respect for that organization on a certain level because uh, it, it, I mean, the, the, everyone I've ever met from there has been like the most amazing person. Well, you know, uh, uh, Howard Hughes, he would only work with Mormons on his, on his, uh, top uh on his top brass okay. and those are i mean they're they were just the sweetest most honest people it was yeah, like yeah. yeah and they were just like anything that you need and and i because how many out, people i mean in this day and era in this era like people don't come to help people move or help no. people with these kind of things that often so and there there they are coming and, and doing but also they, yeah. they were looking after her they like made sure she was okay they like they like brought her food they like they mowed her lawn. I mean, they were really, they really looked after this woman. And it was a sense of community that is lost. Yeah. So I, I have so much respect for that organization and the way that they really came together. 
Um, and so we, we, the house was so toxic. We had to rent an RV, which we are sitting in right now. And, uh, we couldn't, we had to work out of that. And finally, uh, Iris and I were like, well, w w let's go to California. I wanted to see you. And then, uh, and we're going to this festival, but we, uh, I said, well, have you ever been to Vegas? And she's like, well, no, I'd love to see Vegas. I'm like, well, let's go through Vegas. And then I thought, you want to get married in Vegas? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> After everything that we've been through, like, so, uh, so we went, uh, we stopped at this little uh, neon chapel. We, we, it's really easy to get married in Vegas. And, uh, you know, we, we did the low rent wedding for a few bucks more. We could have gotten married by a, a little person that looked like Elvis. But we thought that would be too over the top. Um, we, how, much, how much more was it? It was like it was like, like 20, seventy bucks, twenty dollars more. Yeah, it was like crazy, and everything's like an upsell. Um, uh, speaking of upsells, this is just a side note. This is like the craziest, craziest thing. So when I uh, contacted the mortuary to um, cremate my body, they were to cremate her body. They asked like, "Well, what would you like to do with it?" I'm just like, "What's the cheapest cremation you have?" And they're like, "Well." Just go online and fill out this form. So I filled out like this questionnaire. And at the end of it, they're like, what kind of box would you like? Because we got to transport the body in a box. And it was like the cheap box for $80, which was basically cardboard. Like cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> $80. Or would you like the $1,200 box to do the cremation in, or the $2,500 box? The $80 box, yeah, it may or may not stay together. It might just fall apart while you're, you're holding. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, you know, and then, then they were like, okay. Would you like jewelry from you know, the fingerprints the, of your loved one? The post-mortem, whatever the right word is, yeah. like that whole industry is like very interesting. Oh my gosh. Because well, like, you know, it costs so much money to put a freaking obit in the papers. Oh yeah. Like these are newspapers that don't make anything. They make all their, they make like, I'd, play, I'd say a good chunk of their income is obits. Yeah. And and then there's some from advertising, but obits probably trump everything else. I shouldn't have used that word. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> unless it's going in the fire. So so uh, so I mean, but but that was the thing. Like like first of all, it's like, do you want like an urn? Would you like the cheap urn, which is just like a plastic box? I mean, I was just. Would you like to supply your own urn? I was so tempted to just bring a piece of Tupperware and just be like, put her in this. But uh, so I. But they were like, "Would you like the the advanced?" Would you, the and they had like yeah. different names for the urns, so like funny. you know, going home and da da da. da. You know, would you like? Jewelry? Would you like the we don't care about you urn? This one's the cheap one. Or would you like the we love you very much? This one, pretty much. <laughs> That's only seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, pretty much. And then they were like, "Would you like jewelry made from the fingerprints of your loved one?" Would you like? And I was like, "Are you trying to upsell me yeah, yeah. while I like I'm in my grief?" And then here's the other thing, like. All these people started think, circling around. Like I think what happens is there's anytime there's going to be because potentially with any death there's going to be inheritance involved potentially. Yeah. So uh, that industry there's probably a number of people that don't even think about things to say yes to everything because they're like oh we're going to take money out of the estate. Yeah, and they're just in so grief and they're just like you know my mom really didn't she didn't have a she bit was, of a dirty industry. Yeah. I mean, it's a definitely a gray, at least it's a gray area. I don't yeah. know I don't know much about it, but yeah. but then then you know and her house was in such bad shape and she had so many bills and it was like you know there's nothing there. So so then uh, of course, but people started showing up like real estate guys like hey I'm sorry for your loss but listen this one guy he was so sleazy he's like I'm really sorry for your loss take it off your hands for half what it's worth pretty much yeah. and he's like you know uh, I see this uh, and he gave me like a quote which was like literally half I mean it's not did he, did he tell you a story like oh, if somebody died in this house we could never sell it you yeah kind of like that yeah. and I was just like you're a sleaze bucket man. Yeah. 
So, so, uh, so, you know, and so I had to deal with those types of things, but the church came together, we cleaned out the house and they were like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to get to our festival. So we went through Vegas, we, we got married. And then when we got there, they were like, well, would you like a Polaroid picture? That's only $10 more. Would you like, you know, hair and makeup? That's going to cost this. It, it was like more upsells. And I, I, I it was like, uh, uh hey, hey, in fact, Iris just came in the room. We're yes, just, hello. I was just talking about our hello. wedding. We were talking about the upsells. We're talking about the, the, yeah. the upsells. Hey, what's up? So, hey, baby. So here's my, here's my, uh, my new wife just, uh, stepped in the room that's right like two days ago like we're talking this is pretty this is pretty new here yeah yeah so um so then uh yeah so we ended up uh back here in uh we we did a little hiking we got married did you take any of the upsells i mean did you take any of them no i mean were you tempted we did. You know, when we got married, we got the we got the uh, the Polaroid, <laughs> the Polaroid, yeah, yeah, the Polaroid, and then the um, mini Elvis. So did I? Yeah. Do you have a conversation like you ever do? Like pull her aside and be like, you know, maybe we should get the mini Elvis. Well, you know what was funny is like directly after we got married, this other couple walked in, and and this woman was about maybe two hundred and fifty pounds, and she was wearing these short, short, short shorts and this little belly tee. That that hey I'm look she was owning it that's great but it was just like it it like the store like it and the guy looked okay but it it looked like honestly like he 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 bought this woman it, like right to like he got it he went to a pro, like a brothel like three days before and they just spent like you know five three five you know days together and then finally it's just like would you like to just come back with me and get married I mean it was like. She's sure, like, why not? <laughs> like a, you know, I'm not going to judge, but it's just like, you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, so we we uh, we got married, and then we drove in the RV here, and uh, then I I and then I, here we are parked outside of my condo, right. recording an episode in the dark. But then I had to go through a bunch <laughs> of like when I left for the Netherlands, I left a bunch of boxes in your garage that's right yeah and so we now then we had to go through all of that stuff which and was you have like of, you have a ninja turtle size i do i i got my uh, and you had a ninja star also there's a couple I, you, I have a, you have a lot of ninja gear yeah i gave i gave some of my weapons to you so you can you know <laughs> give them to your kid and uh and so that uh that is the uh that is what happened uh the adventure of the year so uh so that's that's why you have not seen infinity war or not infinity war whatever it's called endgame endgame right that's why i haven't seen uh endgame that's why i haven't seen the last two episodes of uh of game of thrones and and so uh uh one of the cool things uh about our marriage and about the fact that that iris is now a part of my life is that she has she's going to help with the show a little bit that's right so uh, Iris, you want to come on over here and yeah. before we wrap up and, and, and tell uh, them tell them what they can expect to yeah. be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how is the show going to be better? How is the show going to be better? It's not going to be it better just will because be. of me. You guys are doing great. Yeah. It's amazing. I love the show. Well, I'm, we, we just, I'm uh, actually the f- sponsor of the first hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you were the first the sponsor. First we, we brought that up already. You were the first. Oh, okay, you were the first yeah. donor to the show. Yeah, and I didn't know. I didn't know it was. Uh, I didn't. Me. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> and I, I didn't even. I didn't know you at the time. But uh, but so it was. It was. I was all excited because we got our first donor, and then I'm like, oh, then I was, oh, oh Andres, yeah, well, Andres is dating her. Oh, uh, well, uh, well, not only did you get, <laughs> but well, when 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 you when you. Uh, I knew that already, and I didn't want to break it. I know that's right. You didn't tell me until right away. I didn't tell you. You didn't tell you right away. You were like, "Wait a minute! Is this Iris person? Is that the woman you're dating?" Yeah, wait. A minute. Dude, you yeah. had her on the show. We had her on the next episode. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, yeah. Iris is going to help book guests. We, we're yeah. going to get yeah. some amazing guests. She's going to keep everything a, a little. But I mean, we did. We did just walk in a big guest that's uh, about on par with uh, like John Lee Dumas. Okay. We had on. So we had. So he'll be coming up. Uh, I mean, it's not you know until yeah. we record the episode, it's not official, but yeah. it's pretty much official. Wow. Okay, uh, that's pretty good. Well, I, I, I schedule a date. Yeah. 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 So um, uh, anyway, if uh, if you if you are interested in being on the show, you can. We have an email. address. Go, yeah, you can just go to the website too, marketinggeekspodcast.com. There's a you can, or just email us at info at marketinggeekspodcast.com and put in a request. And we'll, uh, you know, if you're interesting enough, you know, you know, we'll probably take you. Even if you're not interesting, yeah. we'll make the show interesting. We're gonna make we're gonna make it work because that's we want we want people on the show, and we also don't want to get like too stuck up or we like all all stingy on who we accept and don't accept. That's right. So that's right. I think uh, we're gonna pull it out of you. So if you if you know nothing about marketing, we're just gonna you know we're gonna pull it out. We're gonna find we're gonna find the nugget. That's we're right. We're gonna find that nugget. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, Iris, you want to say anything uh, now that we're well? Because uh, you know now I, now that yeah. we sure asked now us, that you're yeah. both here, can yeah. I tell you what happens at the end of uh, Adventures Endgame? No, <laughs> <laughs> you cannot. So so uh, and so yeah. And just so you know, like because we're sharing assets, Iris now gets you're sharing of, acid. Uh, we're sharing acid. Well, <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> Oh, you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she gets she gets part of the royalties now for the show. Awesome. Yeah, all all seven listeners who are. Yeah. Yeah. They can't. I'm see, rich. She's holding. You're holding <laughs> her. She's holding her fist up like yeah. like in a victory thing. We're on radio. People can't see that. You have a, you have a financial oh, interest in the show now. I love yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. So, no, 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 no. I any, don't want that. Anything, I just want to be supportive wherever I can. Oh, thank you, baby. I love the show and I love your. Dynamic, the, the dynamic between the, two <laughs> the of dynamic you. duo, yeah, dynamic duo. But also, I love the content. It's getting better and better. Like um, the episodes are about things that don't really matter at the moment. Like yeah. you know, being conscious, having a conscious business, being sustainable, and it's about storytelling. And you yeah. empower people with well. And, and this episode was all about uh, suicide and death and hoarding. <laughs> and now, now it was good though because you know we try we we take a few risks here on marketing geeks actually because yeah. yeah. you know it's like we will wanna... never touch the personal things that uh, you also share between. You know, during the shows, like the dynamic between the two of you and the fun. Yeah. Especially the fun. Yeah, and and we like to have fun, and it's it's nice. You know what? It's nice to just be in the same room as you. Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, uh, I, you know, I've Instead missed of virtually. It. Yeah, exactly. Most of them, most of them, we record. We, we're not even on. We're not even on Zoom. We're on like we're, we use Zencaster. Which is a audio only. We can't even see each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, at least when you can see each other, you can kind of get some like ver- you know, uh, visual cues. Yeah. So it's like easier not to talk over each other. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. when you're like on when you're recording without being able to see the other person, it's like kind of it's kind of an art to like not talk over somebody. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Like yeah. feel, feeling that rhythm. So anyway, well, we're gonna we're gonna close out this very special episode. But um, you know, thanks again for our seven listeners. I just yeah. I just wanted to. Uh, and for the latest in marketing news, go to Google and search it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Figure it out yourself. You um, anyway, what are you asking us for? Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 you know, as a side note, if it, anybody you know, uh, like call your mom. Just call your mom yeah. and or your dad. Yeah. Tell them you love them. I mean, one thing Big I lines. yeah, and one thing I can honestly say, like again, we didn't mm-hmm. talk for twenty years, but the last thing I ever said to my mother, the last thing I told her I loved her. That's good. Yeah. 
So, um, and if you know anybody who, who's suffering from mental illness, like do what you can, you know, uh, even a hug it, it can, can really, really be helpful. And, uh, yeah, it, but, it, it's, I mean, like I said earlier, if, if you take care of, do like the right thing, it, it, they may not accept your help, but if you take the right action, at least you'll know that you did what you could in right. case of, in case the worst happens. You know? Yeah, so exactly. Exactly. You take care of what you can. So, and, and one last thing, get rid of your stuff. Like, get rid of your stuff. Like get a goodwill and get trust. your trust and get rid of <laughs> your stuff. Who cares about this Marie Kondo stuff? You don't need to value your stuff. Just get rid of Just it. Just get rid of it. <laughs> one of the trends of the millennials is to not owe stuff anymore. So that just, Generation is safe, but we. Yeah, um, no, I, I'm guilty. Of you just very guilty. Yes, you're guilty. <laughs> guilty. Guilty. And it, it clears the mind, you know. Yeah, get Actually, rid of your stuff. It was really therapeutic. We should get the uh, therapeutic. We should we should we should try to get those yeah. guys the minimalists on our show. Oh yeah, uh, they're they're cool. They were on TED. They did a TED talk. Oh, yeah. and they have a Netflix movie out. Okay, we could find them. I mean, come sure. on, we're yeah. we're. We're cool. They we should want to cool. be on the show. We've we had got, we had John Lee Dumas on our show. I mean, we're right. big. We're we, big time. We've got seven listeners. Yeah, you know, we had Josh Dekel. Yeah, we had Josh Dekel on the show. I yeah. mean, that guy directed movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What have we done? What, what have we? Yeah, what have we done? Uh, you, you two are having an amazing show. We have right. an amazing podcast. Well, so at least in our own minds. Yeah, and, and uh, the seven li- listeners. <laughs> and and thank you, thank you for being one of our seven listeners. Yes. Yeah, does it, does she count as a seven? One of our yeah, seven listeners. Yeah, that's the question. It's kind of it's not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Well, now now we have six official listeners. <laughs> now, now that I got the old ball and chain here. <laughs> no, but uh, thank you, Tinder. Thank you, Eris. Thank you, all the people who. Uh, yeah. You know, it's been the worst year and the best year of my life, and. Uh, from now on on, no more ugliness just love just love and with that another Tinder love story completed on Marketing Geeks (laughs) (laughs) thanks everybody for if you have a Tinder love story and would like to share it with the Marketing Geeks please contact us at info at marketinggeeks.com or info at marketinggeekspodcast.com the the show is going to get better we love you and thank you for continuing to listen and uh, and please spare your neighbor your cat your cat (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) 